0: See, this is there why you, you have go. to listen to the per podcast great ending because we give you the latest news <laughs> of all kinds i know and i hope there's a peruvian uh, person listening to this and then they can put in the chat all the new facts about the cat that they found
1: about the cat on, in uh, on the Nazca plane yeah
2: Sorry for saying Sorry Media presents the Purr Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kerpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek.
1: Hi, this is Dr. Susan Little.
0: And this is Dr. Yola Kerpenstein, and this is the Per Podcast. We are so excited to be back.
1: We are. Um, I I got, as usual, a little stuck there. So that awkward silence, you know, was <laughs> me trying to decide: Do I go first, or do you? We should talk about it. You know, we should plan. Yeah, we
0: should. We should. But we have our wonderful, you know, Per Podcast technician or technograt or whatever he is uh, CTO uh, <gasps> that will fix that very easily and that's yes. Ben
1: Ben is our is our um, uh, all jobs person I guess our social exactly. media guy or tech guy
0: and ben. as a perfect doctor Susan this is going to be a very special podcast because this time we have nobody to interview
1: <laughs> yeah that's true that's true I think we need to do more of these where you and I talk about stuff.
0: Exactly. And we can talk forever, um, <laughs> which is not really a problem. And that reminds me that I have to put my
1: to watch, uh, the watch on
0: so I can see how much time we're chatting because we yeah. always chat too much. So the
1: that isn't is part really, of the timing. Yes.
0: That's exactly it. That's exactly it. So this, this time we're going to do something completely different and that is we're going to browse the internet Ooh, uh, for place. cat news. And then we are going to comment on that cat news.
1: Okay. I'm cool with and that. And so
0: these are... These will be two episodes this week and next week. And we have a cat cafe episode where we're going to explain common cat questions on the internet.
1: Ooh, for, for cat owners. I like I that. know,
0: And and some are pretty wacky, I can tell you. So I'll start with the first one. Uh, you can follow. Um, I have a really cool one that just came out. Yeah. Um, and it is about, oh, this is not going well right here. It is about cats and dogs living together. Oh. And Joe Biden, the president-elect, says a feline will join the White House pets.
1: Okay, so you've stolen my news
0: story. Sorry?
1: You have stolen my news story.
0: Yeah, I knew it. So that's the (laughs) hottest news right there, what came out two two hours ago. So I thought, okay, let's talk about it. Now, um, So it brings up lots of questions. I think it's wonderful that the President-elect uh, of the United States is bringing animals back to the White House. That is yes. wonderful. We don't want to be political at all. Uh, we're not going to make it. No, no, not about, about politics. politics. They're both
1: cats and dogs.
0: It's cats and dogs. It's cats and Ds, so we don't oh, say yes. the other one. So I was a little worried that the emphasis would once again be on the D word in the White House. And so I'm so excited that there will be now also a White House cat, and and we can talk a little bit about famous cats in uh, famous political arenas. And the one that always jumps out to me is the one that is in England.
1: Oh, the, do you mean the the um, the cat that lives at um, uh, at Downing uh, Street? Yeah, or? ten
0: Downing Street.
1: Yes, yes, the cat that lives at Downing Street.
0: And that's probably the most famous one. Uh, yes. I, want, I wonder what happens with a cat when a person comes in there that's allergic to cats, but uh, that hasn't happened yet. He
1: he seems to spend a lot of time outside because I I follow him on social media. Oh, you do. Yes. What is yes. his
0: social media uh, handle?
1: Well, I'm just I'm just looking right now so that I can I think his name is Larry. If we're talking about the same cat,
0: uh, Larry doesn't there. ring a bell but no. it might be, but you Ooh, look it might. up on the internet. It should be called Downing 10 Cat. You should pop it up pretty quickly. I thought his name was different, but maybe it's a new cat.
1: Larry, the cat. He's on social media. He's at number 10 cat.
0: Oh, that's nice. Number so his name cat. is Larry.
1: He says he's the chief, chief mouser to the yeah. cabinet office. 13-year-old oh. tabby.
0: That's awesome! I love yeah. that. So we have no idea what kind of cat uh, Joe is bringing into the White House, but we think from the Per podcast that it's an excellent idea.
1: It is an excellent idea. Um, the last couple of presidents, I believe, have not had a cat,
0: and that's exactly true. And yeah, because we want to promote catiness anywhere in the world. Yes, uh, it, I think it's a, it's a it's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. So, Doctor Susan, um, if you introduce a Cat in a household, yes. In a new household, what are some things that you tell as a veterinarian to a client? So a client comes to you and says, "Hey, I want to bring a cat into the White House, and I have two German Shepherds, Mm. uh, and they're both shelter pets, and I would like to bring in a cat. What should I do?"
1: Yeah, so you know, a lot depends, right? On are you bringing a kitten in? Are you bringing an adult cat in? Um, what's the the nature of the German shepherds, you know, are they younger? Are they older? Do they have any issues of their own? Um, sort of in the best case scenario, if the German shepherds are pretty happy-go-lucky well no. like German shepherds and, you know, well socialized and you bring in a, a, a kitten or a young cat, um, that usually goes well because, you know, the, the, a young cat or a kitten uh, pretty, pretty quickly uh, trains the German shepherds or the other, whatever D you have in your house pretty quickly trains them, right, and uh, isn't afraid of them or not too afraid of them, and so they pretty quickly work it out. can be harder to bring an adult cat in. Yeah, I think
0: socialization is really important. If cats are not used to be around the Ds in general, they might not like it as much, and they might then kind of make it territory within, Mm -hmm. of course, the White House is pretty big, but they it's make big. kind of a territory where they want to be. And as soon as the D the approaches, they will kind of scare them away. But uh, with with kittens, I guess they, mm. you know, they get used to each other and then mm. see all those cute pictures of kittens laying with these everywhere. Yes. And uh, I so, think but the I White think,
1: House is, is big enough that everybody can find their place. Yes. Right. But, you know, yes. you brought up something that I'm not I'm not sure is true. And you, you said if a cat hasn't been brought up with members of the lesser species. Yeah. Then they, they are, they're not familiar with them. And I, so, so, so what I struggle with there is if a cat has ever lived with a member of the lesser species, then it would be easier for them to live with another one. Yeah. But I kind of think from the cat's point of view, each one is different. I'm not sure, right, the cat Um, looks at the situation and says, Oh, I've lived with one before. So they're all okay. I think to the cat, it's not about a species, right? It's about, I've lived with that one. And I know what it's like with that one. So this often comes up with veterinarians um, in veterinary hospitals. And why one of the reasons we want cats to have separate places, separate wards and cages in the vet hospital, separate area from other species. And some vets will say to me or, or an owner will say, this is something that's happened I've heard, too, that owners will say, oh, but my cat lives with one, like, he doesn't mind. But he doesn't mind that particular one. I'm not sure that he generalizes that, right?
0: Yes. That's a very good point. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I it says, well, they're part. all okay, yes.
1: because, uh, yes. you know, a little sport here that I live with is a good yes. guy.
0: Yeah, it's it's like, you know, you really like some family members, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you want to like live with the whole family. Yeah all the time so that's that's a very very good point um what do you think that happens say that uh uh, joe stays in the white house for four years or for ages however many many years it is and then he has to move out with the cat will the cat appreciate that
1: well i don't know it depends
0: depends.
1: depends on how much how well things went living in in the white house right how tough is it to be a presidential cat? I don't know.
0: But I think that are they you're, are they you're just thinking about the changing the, space. Are they attached to the space itself, yeah, location? Yeah. I guess the yeah. the presidential cat is not allowed to go outside on its own.
1: I would hope not. No. <laughs> Apparently Maybe Larry at Downing no. Street is is outside very yes. often. Yes.
0: And that would worry me because there's so many cars there too, that Larry might be hit by car at a certain point. And that would be devastating. Although it hasn't happened yet.
1: No, no. So no, you're right. Cats, um, cats are are known to be territorial. And I think it just depends on the cat, whether they care more about the territory or care more it's it's not an either or, right. It's not like you care only about the people you're with or you care only about where, right. It's probably just a balance or a, you know, a, a ratio of those two things, depending on the cat and where they live. Some cats may be quite happy to move to a different place. And because maybe they're not living in a great place, right? So
0: yeah, that's true. That's true. But you hear those horror stories, or maybe mm-hmm. that's that's all myths that uh, cats that are being moved, yeah, you know, walk back to the place where they they used to be.
1: Oh, yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah, I've heard that too. And mm-hmm. I wonder if that's not more outdoor cats, right? Because that,
0: might
1: be yeah because they're very attuned to to where they've been outdoors versus indoors yeah that that bears further study I think Yola I think and there's a opportunity there for, for research
0: anybody that's listening and wants to study cats this is a yeah. great idea um and then the other thing is cats are pretty territorial aren't they yeah
1: yeah they can be mm-hmm. they certainly can be right um and you know again they're variable some cats are very territorial and other cats are less so so you, they usually work. things is, the, if they're living with other other pets, non cat, non feline pets, right? Yeah. They they usually establish the ground rules pretty quickly because really, it's in most cases, it's the cat that sets the ground rules. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But I have. Here I have a. the question. ones
0: with the little claws.
1: I have a question for you.
0: Okay. Before we go there, one more one more finalizing thought about this 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 whole cat thing. So, um, should Joe uh, choose a male cat or a female cat or does it it
1: matters? I think the personality matters more than the sex.
0: And then I want to say when Joe is listening, because of course he's listening to the podcast like anybody is, um, (laughs) if you get a cat, be sure that you go to the veterinarian regularly.
1: Yes, please. Yes. And in this case, he'll probably, the cat will probably ride in a, in a chauffeured limousine. Yeah, he
0: might or he might not. you don't know. No, no. you don't know.
1: But so I have a White House cat question for you.
0: Oh, very good. What was the first
1: who was the first cat ever to live in the White House?
0: Let me think a year or a name
1: Name or year or president?
0: I think the cat's name was George. No No. no. Uh, Ronald?
1: <laughs> the cat? no
0: uh i'm failing here yeah,
1: you don't know the answer
0: no i don't no, know I the did. answer you probably looked it up i did <laughs> okay one more try uh mouse no okay
1: so the first cat to live in the white house his name was tabby
0: tabby uh... owned
1: by abraham lincoln oh really yes
0: i thought that he was owned by george washington that's why i called no. him. George,
1: but, you know... abraham lincoln but oh, you know well... w- whenever the 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 question of cats in the White House comes up. The one I always remember is Socks.
0: Socks, yes. Clintons. Yes, I remember Clinton's. that. So yes. Clinton had a cat named Socks. Yeah. Yeah, They also had a dog and I forgot the name of the dog.
1: Of course I don't remember the dog.
0: No. So, yeah. uh, so the, uh, but uh, okay. So this was a very interesting topic and we spent at least 10 minutes on it. So uh, <laughs> well, well done. Well, so we'll, done. we'll have
1: to stay tuned and see because they're just adopting a cat, right? They don't actually have the cat now. They've announced plans to adopt one, yes, so we'll exactly. have to stay tuned to yeah. see Which what. I they think
2: have-
0: really good news because they yeah. adopt almost all their animals, and mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let me look at the next one. So um, first. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about a little bit because you have ex- some experiences here. So in Saqqara in Egypt, oh, uh, yeah. we have discovered this huge cat's Egyptian cat mausoleum where there's thousands and thousands of cat mummies, and uh, so this is. And and we talked a little bit with Leslie about it, but. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, I'm so jealous of you because you went there with a National Geographic expedition, mm. and and you saw things that nobody else sees. Uh, and so, tell us a little bit how important cats are in in Egyptian history, and um, they were really revered there.
1: Mm. Well, kind of revered. It's mm-hmm. it's funny. So one one of the um, lesser known things about Yola is that you are, uh, uh, I guess, a closet Egyptologist, right? I yes. I and I, and I, I definitely share that that interest. Um, uh, and, and you mentioned Leslie, that's Dr. Leslie Lyons. Mm-hmm. So we had a podcast with her that came out just a few weeks ago. And I, I did go to Egypt with Dr. Lyons uh, because it was part of her research project. And it wasn't about cat mummies, mummies per se. It was about cats, but not mummies. But I, I will always remember the day that we were at Saqqara, mm-hmm. which is um, one of the, the uh, uh, areas where there's a lot of temples. And um, she was, I, we weren't allowed in, the mem- other members of the team, but she was allowed into a tomb that is currently under excavation. So the archeologist met, let her in. And it was a tomb that belonged to a lady who was a nurse. I think for Tutankhamen. I might have the Pharaoh wrong, but I think it was a nurse for Tutankhamen. Okay. And when the archeologist first discovered her tomb, it was filled to the ceiling with cat mummies. Wow. And it wasn't because that's typically what ancient Egyptians did with cat mummies. It, it, his opinion was, it was just a storage place. So like centuries later, when people didn't care so much about who this nurse was, they used her tomb as storage for cat mummies. So his first job was to empty out all the cat mummies. Um, And I remember waiting outside the tomb for Dr. Lyons to be done and, you know, just kind of standing around and chatting with the other team members as you you do. And I looked down at one point and realized that all in the sand around us was, was little bits and pieces of cat mummies. Right. And because I'm a, I'm a veterinarian, I go, look, there's a femur over there. <laughs> look, <laughs> right. Look at that. It's a humorous. That's a cat humorous. So you uh, can actually I see these. excited
0: of because of the bones that were laying there. I
1: know, I know. So, yeah. So, so I'll probably never forget that. Um, so I, I think a lot of people think that Egyptians worshipped cats, but it's probably more complicated than that. Right. So they had a lot of animal gods. So they had a cat god named Bastet, but they, it was, you know, it's probably it. It didn't mean that they wouldn't um, harm cats. You know, they had cattle goddess gods and goddesses and other animals. Didn't mean they wouldn't harm them or eat them or use them, right? So it's probably no, but, I mean, more complex.
0: If, if you take the 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 time uh, to mummify and wrap mm. the cat and put them in a beautiful. Um, sarcophagus I mean then you, it, that cat means something to you or mm. the goddess means something to you and obviously they do because they yeah. have special meaning and, and, and I think in, in that time uh, there was a whole society built around these gods and so uh, uh, I, I, I think that for me the intriguing thing is that they were socialized so long ago uh, we're talking two three thousand years ago and 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 these cats have played maybe probably longer uh, an important role in humans life so this human cat interaction that's something that I think is really really interesting
1: yeah you uh, don't hear as much about it do you as you hear about dogs and early humans you hear more about you hear more about the D word. Except in,
0: in, in Egypt. In Egypt, yeah. you very rarely hear anything about dogs. It Less is,
1: so, yeah.
0: It, it's much more about cats and probably yeah. that has to do with, with Bastet, the goddess. Uh, but uh, so I need to make a plug now because uh, I'm, I'm going to tweet uh, Dr. Campbell Price, who is, uh, I think in Manchester. Oh, hopefully I said it right. Uh, huh? Yeah. So, it, it, you know, I, I follow all his tweets. Okay. Uh, and his uh, handle is at Egypt. MCR yeah so he's the curator of the uh, UK's largest ancient Egypt and Sudan collections in Manchester Museum so that that's wonderful and I am a big fan of uh, uh, the history of Egypt podcast
1: oh me too
0: and I love that podcast Um, and that is a podcast uh, that you know I think it's over 130 right now uh, that are there and so it takes a little bit of time to go through them but i'm totally hooked to that yeah uh, yeah it's a it's a great podcast to uh to be you know to listen to and um and i'm just trying to if you give me one second uh, so that's dominic perry he's the host and he does a great job so uh
1: yeah for for the history of egypt podcast yes
0: yeah, exactly. So yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, so I, I I really enjoy anything that has to do with Egypt. So I wanted to bring this up, uh, because it has been in the news. So they found uh, a huge number of uh, intact, uh, mm. um, you know, tombs are not probably not tombs but sarcophagi with uh, and that was in the news pretty uh, and it's in kind of in that same area i think in Saqqara, where they found all these news uh, new mummies so very interesting so, did, so did there was some news that came by in,
1: in the 1890s um tons of cat mummies were shipped to england oh i bet england for fertilizer
0: for fertilizer
1: yep tons of them oh my yep, god they just loaded boatloads of them and sent them to england for fertilizer
0: yeah you don't know what people did huh? in the the old yep. time so it's uh, it's crazy but yeah, uh, i'm also a really big fan by the way of uh, of some of the official sites uh, on twitter uh, from from egypt itself because they they they're pretty they're really good in promoting uh, the finds and and you mm-hmm. know and giving more attention to it that you know a lot of people talk about social media that it's not always good, but in these things, it, it makes the world so much closer. So I love that. Yes. So big shout out for anybody that does Egyptology, uh, because uh, you make my day every day. Yay. So, all right. Um, do you have another one?
1: No, I only had one.
0: Oh, you only had one and I, st- no. I stole it from the beginning.
1: You did, because I knew you'd have lots.
0: All right. So we have uh, about five minutes left. <gasps> really? Um, okay. Yeah. So there is a uh, an article that talks about meow talk Alexa developer app to translate translate cats meows.
1: Yeah, I did see that um, in the news recently. Yes, that that there is an app that that uh, works with Alexa. That I guess you what do you do? You you hold your phone near the or your uh, Alexa device near the cat when he meows and then uh, and then they it says it interprets it for you?
0: Yeah, I guess so. So uh, it records the sound okay. and then it identifies the meaning. And mm-hmm. so it has 13 phrases, including feed me, I'm angry and leave me alone. <laughs> I love that, okay. so leave me you know. alone.
1: <laughs> I'm not so sure that we need an app to figure those three things out, frankly. <laughs> I think most
0: people- okay they have they have a uh,
1: meow talk that's what it's called
0: yeah so uh, they don't show any you know i don't think you can uh find out what a meow for leave me alone is but i would like to know that
1: feed me i'm angry i think most of us can figure out when the cat's angry i'm not sure you need a translation (laughs) for that right yes
0: so, and, 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 you know, are people then trying out to make them angry to see if it translates? Oh, I hope well? not. No. I hope
1: not. But, you know, um, it's an example. Um, I was just looking it up. So they're they're using artificial intelligence and machine learning software.
0: Yeah, so that's um, cool.
1: So when, because I, I hadn't looked at it much when I, when I first heard about it, but, and I thought maybe they just had a kind of a, a database of sounds and they compared it, but it sounds like that's not the case. Like they're, the app learns from, from each cat using AI and machine learning. Crazy. Yeah, it learns Oof. from each cat.
0: Soon computers so will take off of everything. I love that idea though. I mean, it's, it, it, it's funny in a way, but you know, 13 sounds is not really a, uh, you know, it's a little underwhelming, but you know, you never know.
1: So what, what you have to remember though, is that um, vocalizations like speech is really important to humans. But yeah. it's not very important to cats. So and they, how do you know? Well, they don't have a wide repertoire of sounds. So mm. most communication in cats is body language and facial expression. It, it's not sound.
0: And it's we know a lot, lot about facial expression, thanks to the work of Paolo.
1: Yes, Paolo Stagall. Well, that specific to pain, for sure. So, yes. But did we ever and,
0: invite Paolo to be on the podcast? We need to do that.
1: Oh, there's a good idea. We'll, we'll right, get set that up for Dr. the
0: next time. Ago. I would love that. I would love to talk yeah. to him because I think it's so important. Uh, uh, yeah, that would be great. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that that you know that just that just shows you. You're, there's never going to be a huge um, repertoire of of cat sounds in anybody's database because they they just don't depend on vocalizations the way that we do.
0: All right. Last one, I Ooh. have here before we end this show a large 2,000-year-old cat discovered in Peru's Nazca Lines.
1: I saw that, too, that a week or two ago. Um, yeah, you're you're reminding me of things that I sort of fleetingly saw in the news but didn't follow up on. What does it look like, Yola?
0: So the Nazca Lines is a UNESCO World Heritage Site, um, and it's home to designs as uh, on the ground. It's yeah. called Geoglyphs, created about 2,000 years ago. And uh, it really looks like a cat. At first I thought it was a joke. So if you type it in, you can find it, but it looks like a cat head and like a cat body. Uh, And the thing, what I don't understand is they, they have so many pictures of those sites. How didn't they find it?
1: That's what I wondered.
0: How how come
1: it was just discovered? It's a very well photographed area.
0: Yeah, I said the cat then went unnoticed until plants were recently drawn up for a new path leading to an observation platform. Huh. But I thought they would drone it, the whole area.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's curious. Maybe
0: it's a a little one that they didn't find out. Maybe.
1: uh, So the
0: cat was actually from the late Paracas area from 500 BC to 200 AD. Crazy, yeah?
1: Oh, it does look like a cat Yeah, it does. oh my gosh it really looks like a cat
0: yeah so i thought it was a joke at it's first. got
1: a very cat face on it it's a they it says it's a relaxing cat
0: yeah i don't know if it looks that relaxing looks yeah. more like a combined like a tyrannosaur cat <laughs> but uh but no it, yeah i thought it was pretty beautiful. amazing to to see that and uh And, you know, I'm amazed that they didn't find it earlier. So that's why I thought it was, it was like a, if it was the first of April, I would have believed it too, you know? (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, that is very curious. In a statement, Peru's culture minister said the figure was scarcely visible and was about to disappear because it's on a steep slope prone to erosion.
0: Yeah. So, well, have you ever? See? This is why you, you have go. to listen to the Per podcast. Great ending because we give you the latest news. <laughs> of all kinds. I know. And I hope there's a Peruvian uh, person listening to this and then they can put in the chat all the new facts about the cat that they found.
1: About the cat in, in, uh, on the Nazca plane, yeah.
0: exactly, well. Exactly. I would love to go there, although I don't think that the view is that nice when you're on the plane itself. It's probably better from the air.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure you can probably fly over it and look.
0: Yeah, that probably yeah. makes more sense then. Yes, yeah. So, any parting words, Dr. Susan, for this? Any
1: parting ex- words? Excellent. Cats are cool. Article. See, we've, we've just again confirmed cats rule the internet and cats are cool.
0: Yes, so they're presidential, they're cool. Yes. Uh, they have been with us for a long, long time. So, we talked about cats that were 3,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago. So, they have ruled our lives for a long time.
1: Yes. Yep. So, there you go. Gotta love cats. Very,
0: very good. If you like the Per podcast,
1: you should listen and you can go to our website, which is perpodcast.net. Mm-hmm. And you can listen to the episodes directly on the website. Um, or if you listen to other podcasts, and both Yola and I are podcast. Um, uh, fanatics, I guess, Um, then you can uh, find per podcast in uh, any of your favorite podcast apps. And please tell a friend and please consider leaving us a good review if you're on Spotify or you're on another podcast site, because good reviews are how other people find us.
0: And that's exactly right. So uh, at per podcast is Mm -hmm. our handle. And uh, we see you next week.
1: Yes. More more cat news next week.
0: More cat news next week.
1: Okay. Sounds good. Can't wait.
2: See you later. Bye. with an appropriate diet and see if the stone gets smaller. If so, keep feeding that diet until the stone is completely gone on follow-up radiographs. If not, check compliance with the owner and look for alternative treatment options. Join veterinarians worldwide to take the pledge not to remove bite stones by surgery anymore. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page at perpodcast.